on your left, episode two. We are talking Marvel here on Get Into Geek. My name is Mitch. Joining me, most of the Marvel crew, Maddie Gibson, what's doing? Yo. Emma, Dana, what's happening? Oh, not much, eh? Oh, yeah, we're right. Just, just same old. We're just chilling out. That was very like, cheese, bro. <laughs> cheese, bro. <laughs> sure. We are, we are running at 75% strength here, as we were for episode one, because uh, one Danos McGurkinos, uh, once again, unavailable, but... You know, we, we promise that one day we'll have the full strength Marvel team here to chat. Some more Moon Knight because that's what we're here to talk about. We weren't here last week uh, for what would have been episode two of the show. So we're doing episode two and three. A little bit of chronological uh, order of things, maybe, Matthew. But otherwise, we're going to just try and wrap up these two bad boys uh, together because we are recording this on the day of release of episode four. Much like we were with episode one on the day of release of episode two because that's the way I <laughs> do things, apparently. And uh, I think <laughs> certainly me, hopefully the rest so it's just really want to get to watching episode four and I need to just talk about the last two episodes first and foremost before we do if we can all cast our minds back to episode two I think we were talking about in our last podcast we were hoping maybe for a more Mark Spector episode uh, and maybe seeing even the first episode from his point of view or completely in his shoes, maybe a lot more Moon Knight in episode two. We kind of got a little bit of Mark and a little bit more Moon Knight, but for the most part, it was a secondary Stephen Grant episode before things really kicked off in episode three. What do we all think? Because I, uh, I really dug it. It was you know much of the same, but... I really liked episode one, and so I really liked episode two as well. Please tell me I'm not alone. Oh, no, see, I kind of, I was almost disappointed in it for that reason, that it seemed so much like episode one. It just seemed like Mm. a lot of the same beats over and over and over again. Like, uh, Steven getting, like, taunted by Konshu as he was coming out of the um, storage container, like, down the alleyway was so reminiscent of the the elevator scene from episode one and then we've got another weird mummy dog thing chasing it like it was just a lot of the same stuff like we we got some cool interesting other information and and you know obviously the conversation between mark and steven towards the end was quite interesting but just a lot of the same beats for me so i was kind of just like oh god we've only got like six episodes guys let's move it along yeah, I think that's the the biggest thing for me, at least, is like I'd be happy if this was like a twelve episode uh, series to yes. have like kind of a repeat of of that first episode. But the fact that it's just like you were already you know so far into it, and we're kind of just replaying the same beats, it felt a bit pointless to me. Mm. Sorry to shit on your parade there, Mitch. <laughs> no, no, just, <laughs> no, you guys saying that it makes me think because you know one thing that I. Yeah, the Captain Chronology side of me, but just the way I like seeing things fit in. Once we got sort of further on into uh, into phase one of the movies, where you could see, and then I think they released, uh, when I delve out of the movies, into the tie-in graphic novels, if you don't mind, guys, where Ooh, it's getting there was a graphic now. novel called, <laughs> yeah, exactly, real sweaty MCU stuff, and it was called Fury's Big Week, and that's where you find out just how much Iron Man 2... Thor and the Incredible Hulk all overlapped because they all took place. I mean, Iron Man 2 spanned about a month or so. I forget exactly. I've done my chronological order movie, as you know. Uh, But they all take place roughly in the same week. And there's a lot of different things happening on the same night. Like the Hulk University battle is, you know, the same night as the big thing at the Stark um, Expo or something. And I'm I'm making shit up now. They do overlap in somehow. And it would have been interesting to see maybe a full Mark episode in episode two, and then maybe episode three we get 
uh, or maybe a th- maybe their third personality, and they're on different adventures. But then you find out that no, they're all in the same time frame. It's just occur- those adventures are occurring in the blackouts of the other two characters. But yeah, I guess we mm. we haven't gotten that yet. And I guess to sneak into a little bit more of of episode three, you know, it it obviously episode two ends. Mark's in control of the body. Stephen's locked away, just as a reflection somewhere. And we get to progress the story, but with Mark taking the reins and. It feels a little bit like a different show because of the way that he carries that story forward. And I guess the way that he relates with, with Conchu, the way that he talks to him, there isn't that fear level. He he understands what's going on. So it does, and the fact that he obviously knows who Layla is as opposed to Stephen not in episode two. So yeah, hopefully for you guys, it picked up again in episode three. I saw a lot of chatter online. People were like, oh, this is the, probably the worst one so far for me. Whereas I think maybe episode three might be my favorite but it might be because there's a lot of stuff going on and the the world building of itself and the the really bringing in the egyptian gods and all that sort of thing so yeah um, which is obviously our kind of jam given that we do a stargate podcast we love all the (laughs) you know ancient egyptian gods and lore and all that kind of stuff so yeah so that stuff in episode three i really really enjoyed you know, finding out How that. much did you lose it when that woman comes out the Avatar and says, I am the Avatar of Hathor? And I'm like, yeah. oh, shit! Oh, we God, a sex, now. drugs, and rock and roll! <laughs> I love Those that she... nerds. <laughs> I love yes, that... thank you. <laughs> I love that she had to, like... Mark would know who Hathor is, but just for the audience's sake, she's like, oh, I'm Hathor, the god of blah, blah, blah. Yes. And it's yeah. like, he would know. He would know these things already. He's a, he's like, he's he's Conchu's avatar. He's gonna know, but just for the audience. But they played him really dumb in that part. Like, he didn't understand. Mm. Yeah, I feel like they, they made it, like, Conchu, he tells him what he needs to know, but yeah. unless he's done the history work himself, and he's a mercenary, he's an army guy, right? He's military or whatever his background might be and he doesn't know you know egyptian mythology he's just the host of of one exiled god whereas yes steven's that guy that knows everything so um yeah i felt like they were letting him down a little bit because i don't we we don't know how long he's been the avatar for and i guess we'll in a second i'll get into why and to do with the fact that arthur is is the former avatar that was a nice little nugget in episode two but yeah i I thought he might be lying when he said that in episode two i was like oh i don't know if i believe that he was previously the avatar he might just be saying that to get on steven's good side but then but then no it's it's confirmed in episode three it's like oh okay he was okay nice i think i actually believed it straight away because i think that made him more dangerous, one, that he had been that, and two, that he would be so honest. And maybe even a lie. Who knows how this um, uh, this power works with the God he's serving, that if you do anything bad, maybe even lying uh, to a certain level is is a bad thing on, on, on that grander scale. I don't, I don't know. Sorry, if Amit judges people pre-evil, like before the fact, then isn't she judging an innocent person? I mean, a thought can't be evil, can it? I think about killing my boss all the time, but I wouldn't actually do it. Stephen. What about a child? Would she kill a child for something they might do in 30 years? I'm glad you mentioned that. Sometimes the cure is a little taste of the disease. The difference between medicine and poison sometimes is only dosage. That was a real nice scene. Uh, where those two had a conversation, Stephen and uh, and Arthur, you know, in his little commune almost, where he's got all these. Oh, the lentil soup like scene. Was, 
Yeah. <laughs> You're a vegan. I'm a vegan too. Traveling. Oh, it's amazing. I'm at it this morning. And, um, and you can see what world, you know, he's building. And, you know, we said in episode one, at least I said, you know, oh, you can tell this is in the MCU, but I don't know whether that's just because they're telling us that. Like, I wonder whether mm. the, you didn't have Marvel at the start and, uh, you know, you were just given this as it is. This feels like a completely separate world, you know. Even what we've come to know about gods in this uh, in this entire franchise, you know, Thor's a god. Not really. He's just an alien, you know, in a different, mm. sure, a different realm, but kind of just a different galaxy or a different world or whatever. He's he's somewhere else, you know. And then you get the eternal type gods and and what they look like, and they're universal, right? They they're the builders of everything. And then you've got these very, well, now, no, the Egyptian gods that you in the real world, the viewer, know uh, from Egyptian mythology, oh, no, they actually exist in this world too. It's like, well, on what level do they, are they aware of, you know, the, the giant things from Eternals? I can't remember the names. And you guys will probably go, well, that's... Celestials. That movie was Sarah. <laughs> no, I know the Celestials, but the particular um, name of the guy that was, you know, uh, behind Selma oh, Hayek. Oh, Tuck Tuck or whatever his name is. Yeah, <laughs> The guy with the eight eyes, whatever. I don't care because um, I forgot everything from that film. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually curious about how... Now that, like, it's established that the, all the Egyptian gods are real, I wonder how they feel about the Celestials. Mm. Given that it's like, okay, well, we found out from what dropped this week in the um, Thor Love and Thunder trailer that Zeus is kind of a real character. But then it's like, well, in Eternals, it was like, okay, well, Athena, the Roman goddess of wisdom, is actually Thena, the Eternal. So I'm just Mm. like, I'm wondering if one of the reasons the Egyptian gods pieced out and are like, oh, we just kind of observe via avatars now is because of the interference of celestials and stuff like that. That I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'm curious to see if, if, you know, there's any overlap there. Given that, you know, in episode one, I said I felt this had a very Eternals look to me. Like the, the, the mm. visual sort of style very much reminded me of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering at what point, and obviously in Thor, uh, yeah, we've got, we got Zeus and the, the bad guy is, what is it? Uh, Gore. Gore the God Butcher. Yeah, so he's hunting gods down. He wants to kill gods, and he's coming from somewhere in the cosmos. But, you know, you've got the Celestials, these giant mm. beings that grow from and feed on planets, and, and they're very universal energy, whereas then you've got our gods, you know your uh, your Hathors and your Isis. Assis, Assis. Is that how they pronounce it? Is this? I've never heard it pronounced. I've, I've. That was that was kind of cool. Is that how it's actually pronounced, or did, did an American show just not want to say Isis as a character? I don't. I think I, I think that could be even it's bad um, ratings. even yeah. Arch, Archer the um, the TV show. Like their spy agency was called Isis, and then yeah, a few right. years ago they kind of wrote it out of the story, so they didn't have to say yeah. the word Isis anymore. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, but the, I, I did like that pronunciation. That was kind of cool. Although the funny part yeah. is, um, post episode two, I remember Simu Liu, um, the actor who portrays uh, Shang Chi, um, tweeted out, Instagrammed out, something like that, and he said, um, Ethan Hawke's Mandarin in episode two was god awful. He was just like, Oh, really? You guys need to sack whoever your <laughs> your your language expert is because that Mandarin he did was god awful. Chisalela Wakanida. Nihai, Shukashuda. Ah, Nistingla, Jamela. Nistingla. You all speak Chinese? Uh, Mandarin. Ah, oh, shit. He said it with such conviction, too. 
I, I watched that scene, and then the, the next time I watched the episode, sorry, I watched the episode. Next time I uh, I watched it, I just listened to it, and I I'm like, oh yeah, what dialect was that? But listening to the way that he enunciated and everything, like the different letters worked, I'm like, wow, that's really well said. I'm, I'm and it was a long sentence too. I thought they didn't need mm. to show off that this guy knows this language so well. But there you go, an actual guy who speaks the language says it was well, shit. It, it, to me, I'm like, I I wonder if it's I wonder if it's part of the gag. It's like, oh, they they all try to learn whatever it was four or five yeah. languages and he's just he's still learning so he's crap at it so it's, it's a weird detail yeah. to add but i'm like okay i'll, I'll take well, you it. could have had steven like who knows maybe steven knows multiple languages and he could have went he goes oh we all try to learn off each other and he'd be like yeah but you know what you just said wasn't right though right and then like that's the end of that particular shot and it's never addressed but at least then yeah. we would have been laughing with the character the um the closest we've gotten you were just saying before about how it's very sort of anti mcu in a lot of ways we finally got our our closest link, uh, I feel like, in episode three when they just tossed away the line where Layla had dealt with Anton previously in Madripoor, mm. um, which obviously we saw in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I think maybe Shang-Chi, there was some talk of Madripoor as well. But yeah, that's kind of the closest we've gotten to any kind of overlap, which is interesting. I just don't know how it's going to fit into the MCU as like, as in like the wider MCU, you know, like... It seems mm. so far removed from everything. And like you were saying, the gods and everything. It just doesn't f- feel like it will blend well with everything else going on. Yeah, like it, it, it works in its own world. Within its own context, these gods feel very real, you know. And okay, they're not, they're not really doing anything at the moment. But like the, the threat, this god that Arthur is trying to, uh, to unleash, to un, uh, unbury, she feels like the destroyer of worlds at this point, right? Like, once mm. she's unleashed, that's it. It's like nothing else outside of, you know, that corner of London or this particular part of Egypt, wherever they are, at any given moment, feels relevant at all. And because, as well, we don't know really when the timeline is, you know, we joke that Stephen's not the type of guy to ever go outside again if he saw a giant celestial head in the sky at some point, like we did at the end of Eternals. So does this place, this movie, before that, because people aren't just... How are you not talking about that on a global scale every single goddamn day, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Eternals should be based in 2028 at this point just to sort of let them breathe and not have to explain a bunch of stuff. But, you know, there is also expectations, if not talk, that um, Kit Harrington's uh, character from Eternals is going to show up at some point in Moon Knight. People are even expecting Blade Ooh. to show up and be a, uh, be an actual visual figure rather than just audio like he was at the yeah, end of right. Eternals. Because... Black Knight and Moon Knight together again, the Knight Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe, and that's what I was going to say about the fitting in, is that there were, I, I was sent a link this week by one of our listeners and I haven't read the bloody article yet, but it was about Don't Expect Season 2 of Moon Knight. Uh, which kind of works with every single show they've made so far, except for Loki. Uh, mm. They're very much making a season two. They said that before season one ever even premiered. But every other show, like WandaVision, how do you make a second season that you can't? Um, you can make it with the same characters, but it's not going to be a sequel to that show. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, they're going to make Captain America 4. You could make another season of that show, but they've said they're not going to do that. And uh, I know what if, but that's its own little separate thing. Moon Knight, mm. though... At the moment, I go, well, yeah, you could see a second. This is where this guy could live because it feels to me, and I'm explaining it to my brother Link who hasn't watched anything yet, and I'm saying to him, well, you could just sit down and binge it because it feels like a movie chopped up into parts. And I mean that in the best possible way. But it also feels 
very episodic in that for me I've enjoyed every single episode and and whether or not you know number two was much of the same of number one like you guys were saying it still sort of had its own little beginning and and little ending teasing to the next week and so it feels almost the most television show of their tv show so far but also to me for this character because I've never experienced him before it, this feels like where he should exist. It's he's got a, just a six-hour film. That's where he exists. But apparently, season two is not a thing. So everyone's expecting that they're gonna eventually build to the Midnight Suns and have Blade, have Ghost Rider, have Black Knight, have Moon Knight. So yeah, we don't get a season two. Oh, I've never get, heard of the Midnight uh, Suns. Mm. Yeah, I don't know too much about them, but I guess for, for and for anyone else who hasn't yet, think of it like I guess what the Defenders was in the Netflix. Even though the Defenders in the comics are different members, and especially the first team, blah blah blah. Instead of the Avengers, who cares? The Defenders was you know, hey, well, we're going to bring together all those other characters we've seen and put them together. Whereas the Midnight Suns are the darker side, right? They're almost your your dark Avengers in 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 a certain respects. And so you might have maybe a Punisher, but if not the super. Calm down, Mitchell. Calm down. Hey, hey, hey! You get. Johnny Bernthal in everything and anything at this point. Okay, as the Punisher, please give me more of that character. But you're right, Emma. Like, how does it fit? Because I, I would love to be honest. I think by the end of this, hopefully, we see each and every one of these personalities, whether they reveal one, two, three. I don't know how many exist within him all sort of talking to each other and, you know, Stephen can throw to Mark to take over the body in a fight, but they can use uh, Stephen for the knowledge and they can throw to this other mystery guy that took over the body at the start of episode three, maybe, and they can all talk to each other and agree how to how to use the power and use the body. I would love him to be in the same room as Deadpool. Can you imagine what the character of Deadpool <laughs> would do with a guy with split personalities? That would be pretty cool. That's comedic gold. Just let Ryan Reynolds on set for 12 minutes and see what happens. But <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I want everything to play together. But at the same time, the show for me so far, it's built its own universe inside of another one and everything works. All the rules are fine. And I'm like, do you risk breaking that a little bit once you throw, throw him into the same world where you know he can, he can have a conversation with Spider-Man? Um, like in a, in a comics panel you sent around in our group chat the other week, Maddie. You know, I'd love to see it because why not? But does it work on screen? Not yet. So, yeah, well, I think we're still learning. I mean, we did over the last couple of episodes, we have learned a lot more about Mark slash Stephen slash whoever this third alter is that, you know, um, we got hinted in episode three. Um, I did notice there was a line in episode two where he talks to, about. The flat that he was living in in London is his mum's flat. And then Layla's mm. like, oh, you're talking again? Yeah. Which mm. sort of adds into this whole him leaving, like, Mark... Oh, sorry, Stephen leaving messages for his mum because his mum's never picking up the phone. So it's like, obviously, he doesn't know about whatever rift they particularly have. <laughs> and she's there thinking, who's this weird British man calling me up, leaving yeah. messages every single day calling Which, me mummy? by the way... I thought it was a bit rough when Layla like makes fun of his accent. He's like, and what is with this ridiculous accent you've got? Given that Layla has the most unpickable accent ever. Like, depending on what yeah. line she says, she has this British accent. Then there's a little bit of a Middle Eastern heritage in there, but there's almost like a little bit of French in there. And then suddenly she's American. Like her accent is like a global accent. And she <laughs> has the gall to like make fun of um, Stephen for his accent. And she's got a lisp as well, which sort of like throws off certain words. So you don't know whether she's speaking in a particular accent, but it just, it flows in and out. She actually reminded me of, speaking of the Punisher, that um, 
the FBI or the police car- I don't even know what she was but the main player that um, that had the affair with uh, um, Jigsaw in season two the um, the cop and she was I, I don't know with a similar background and curl dark curly oh, hair as well I never ma- I never made it through season two oh mate sorry mate, mate. it's the one Marvel mate. thing that I never actually finished was uh, was Punisher wow. Of all of those TV shows, that's the one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, to be fair, I, I never really got through um, uh, those other weird ones, the the Runaways. Iron and, Fist. And no, I finished Iron Fist. Yeah, I finished that. Yeah. But that, my god, season two was better than season one. And if you only watch season two, you can only imagine how bad season one. Season one yeah. was a that was a chore. That was a punish. It really was. I didn't even bother with it. No, fair call. I watched it for um, uh, what's his offsider's name? The girl from Game of Thrones. Um, oh my god yeah colleen um, colleen wing colleen, yeah. she's she's the star of that show for me mm-hmm. um but no i know ne- i never watched uh runaways uh cloak and dagger and i never made it through season two of um punisher what about inhumans i've never seen a second of that no i saw all of the inhumans it was, okay. it was rough yeah, okay. <laughs> it was rough. And now it's the discarded child. Like it wasn't MC oh no, it wasn't an MCU. It was still like the Agents of Shield world. So they I guess yeah. they can kind of discard it without having to actually like sever a limb. Yeah. So um pre pre season four, I heard some scuttlebutt um that everyone's losing their mind over this whole thing at the end of episode three about um Konshu turning the sky back. And everyone's like, "Oh, we've gone back in time." The whole and I'm like, "No, no, he Stop just it. he just turned the sky back." Like, yeah. obviously, like it's gonna be weird. Like, we didn't after he was bound by the other gods, we didn't see like the sky turn back to present day sky. But it's not mm. like he turned back time. It was no. just kind of like an illusiony type thing that everybody saw, which isn't great. Um, mm. So it's kind of, it is kind of like the end of Eternals, where like there's just a celestial in the sky going, "Y'all come on with me." <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a really cool visual. I think that's why I love so much about Number Three. Obviously, we're in a different setting, so we're in Egypt. And one thing I read about the director, Mohammed Dihab, I, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing at least one of those names correctly, but he directed Episode One, he did Three, and he does two more. He might do Five and Six, I think. Um, but he he came out a couple of weeks ago. I don't know who asked him the question, what interview he was doing, but all of a sudden he was tearing apart Wonder Woman 1984, a film which has been torn apart many times over in the last 18 months, but particularly the scene uh, where she is in Egypt and or the Middle East uh, before she gets to Egypt, and he goes, that that movie, even though it was set you know, nearly 40 years ago, makes Easy, Egypt mate. look like Easy, a, mate. That was my birth year. Calm down. <laughs> oh, well, mate, it's two years before mine. And as I said it, I'm like, is that right? You're Calm right. Down. Actually, we're so we're so far away. Um, but uh, he said it made it look. He said he made my 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 home look like a, a third world country, which it's not. Why does no one make Egypt look like the way that it does? And it kind of throws you off if that's all you're used to seeing. Egypt is sort of like, mm. hey, the pyramids, and then there's sort of like you know stone buildings and everything's covered in sand and blah blah blah. And they go to Egypt here, and it's like, oh no, it's it's very modern. It made it look very cool, and it it opened up for some really cool cinematography and 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 uh, the music too. I loved the use of the the Middle Eastern uh, soundtrack, right? And and, yeah. and lyrics and things. I love the foreign language, like singing, and that's really setting the tone. Beautiful on the boat, was... like the little scene on the boat oh, my God. with yes. all the lighting yeah. in the background was really really beautiful. I do have yeah. to just just quickly, I will defend uh, One Woman eighty four. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to die. <laughs> Die on this on this, on this altar. No, hey, I'm with you. But they were they were in a fictional country of Bialia, which is 
you know, its own country, which is a third world country because it has poor dictators. So that just shows that that guy does not know his DC history. That's what I thought. I'm like, either way, it's not like you're watching a documentary, bro. You're watching a fictional film with a fictional story set at that stage, what, 36 years ago, right? Like anything in that world, in that country could have happened in Mm. that universe to make that country not have progressed or something. But, you know, okay, I see his point and you do your bit to show off your country, um, you know, the way that you want it to. And I think you did a fantastic job, but also... Yeah, it looks fantastic. Unless it's a documentary, don't say that it was inaccurate, right? Like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was a silly. Yes, that was his own silly hill to die on. But you know what? I watched episode three, and I'm like, I, I, I can see his anger coming through. Oh, I get it. I, I see what he's where he's going. Like in terms yeah. of just you know anything in the Middle East, you know, northern um, Africa and stuff like that is traditionally shown that way in um, mm. in so many you know movies and, and film. So I get it. He's you know he's showing it for the beauty that um is really there, which I think is fantastic. But all the way through, and then yeah, that scene out in the desert, and yeah, Conchu and uh, and Stephen at that point, turning back the sky, visually, I just thought looked so fucking cool. It just I don't know, and, and the the score behind it, but just yeah, I, I watched it obviously on a big screen TV uh, when it aired. I watched it on my phone today, and both <laughs> times it just looked really really cool and then even the shot i love seeing normal people look at amazing things in these settings (laughs) what the umpteenth weird thing happened in the sky in the marvel cinematic universe going all right what now what's iron man doing it's like isn't he dead it doesn't matter someone's doing some crazy shit surely this has got to be before the giant celestial head popped up still so that people didn't start freaking out they were going to die uh but as a visual for a viewer i just thought that was um really cool when i think this this show just keeps getting crazier and like for that to happen, we never would have seen something like that in the story as small as it was be to, um, in, in episode one. So the fact that we're only halfway through this episode and I keep hearing about episode four is just going to like be off the, off the chain. Uh, whether or not we get a cameo or it's this show really takes a different step, I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm loving that we're at this stage already and we're only halfway through. Mm. My dumb brain looked at that sky the, the sky changing scene and was like, what happened to the tides? The <laughs> 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 country's just got flooded. <laughs> and so what happens now? Do we do we see him? Like he said to Stephen, tell Mark to save me. So he obviously has a rough idea of what's possible. Even the other guy, I don't know which god it was that Arthur was talking to at the end. Um, and when he I, says... I think that might have been Horace, I think. Yeah, right, okay. Uh, and he says to Horace, oh, can he hear me? Can he hear us? And Horace is like, yeah, we think so. So it's obviously, you know, it's like us. What happens when we die? Oh, there's a light. Maybe we go. So we, no one really knows because they've never been there. So he speaks to him, not, hoping, and I guess at this point we have to believe that he can hear him because Conchie's going to want to come back and get, you know, ultimate vengeance on him. But um, is he going to be locked away for the rest of the show, do you think? And assuming then that the power still exists for Stephen and Mark to sort of fight over with control of the body? Or or is this what frees Mark to sort of... Because he keeps talking about this mission right as being his last thing. And they, we even find out, well, once this is over, maybe he's going to take over Layla's body. But, you know, he's he's an act of vengeance and evil when he kills people. Is this what maybe frees him up a little bit to become more of a... If not an anti-hero, but more of a, a, a cleaner hero that doesn't just kill people because he doesn't have this god in his ear all the time and it frees him up to go and explore the rest of the world in the mcu or 
is he going to be locked away for 10 minutes and then we free him in episode four and it's like it never happened i don't know i don't i don't know yeah i don't know enough about it like i'm to me it, it felt part and parcel that having conchu in his ear is the only way he can have the power of the of the suit the healing suit that um that conchu mm. calls it like his his armor so i feel like by them binding conchu to that statue that kind of like binds his powers so to me he shouldn't have any power to give to mark or steven yeah that's what i was thinking yeah there was that moment where kind of where steven as he's trying to hold the sky in place his mask disappears just to see his face yeah. and for a second i couldn't tell whether that was just that classic thing that's happening in all the mcu movies now where the mask just disappears whenever they need it at a, at a thought or is it he's losing his power and doesn't have enough power to create a whole suit? I don't, I don't know. So, mm. it, I think it would be weird to give him the Moon Knight power without con- like, because to me it was yeah. If you're if you're that god's avatar, that avatar has bestowed this power on you, and without that god, you don't have that power. Because at that point, what is the point of? the other gods binding Konshu if he still yeah. has an if he still has an avatar with or you know all this wild armor which the, they you know they criticize they criticized the armor earlier on saying you know we're all much more discreet we don't you know uh, let our avatars run around in masks so i don't know it could go either way it would almost make sense that that it, it would still happen because they seem so oblivious about anything that's going on. They're like, oh, we're just, you know, we're observing through our avatars and Conchie's like, what about, what's happening? with Well, we, let's call him and ask him. And they really don't question him. And then once they question Mark and he goes, yeah, but this guy's crazy and you should get him. It's like, well, he's done nothing wrong. Case dismissed. And I'm like, you haven't asked him anything. Like, <laughs> mm. well, at least send someone back to follow him. And it seems like either they're kind of, in on it by the end or they're just really friendly with him like they invite him in this guy whether or not they know him as a former avatar of Conchus by this point because if not then how do they expect that he's just going to walk through some weird portal that opens up and mm. then he pops out in the middle of the temple of uh, the pyramid of Giza in front of all these gods and just act so totally cool and then to be invited back at the end going you were right and he's like well thanks for you know thanks for having me back well to me that that makes me think that he's in bed with Horace that that yeah. straight up made me think that Horace, what well, if that was Horace, he they're they're working and maybe Horace wants a mitt freed as well. As maybe like a power play or something. Yeah, well I mean you get Hathor's avatar that that tells Mark how to, you know, maybe you're gonna go and look in the black market and try and sort out this shit, right? This is mm. might be she's you know, they're not all just as black and white, sort of like, yeah, this is wrong and we're gonna stay distant like or maybe they are, but the avatars even without great power, they've got the knowledge and she can sort of skew things. And so maybe that's the go with, if not Horace, then at least Horace is... Well, um, I mean... Horace's guy. All, all mythology shows, you know, all these ancient gods bickering with each other and having differences of opinion and then humans having to suffer mm-hmm. for it. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, they were all kind of, you know, splitting off into teams, essentially, of, of who wants what to happen. Yeah. That whole scene really frustrated me. Because Konshu went into it knowing, like, oh, I'm probably going to get into the shit here. <laughs> yeah. But didn't mm. give Mark or Stephen, whoever it was, any warning. It was just like, go in here and, yeah, just just be chill. And it's like, there was no forewarning, like, hey, I'm going to be using your body. No, yeah. like, the, they're going to be gods in there. Like, you would think that he would have given 
his avatar a bit of a heads up about what he was walking into. Yeah, given given <laughs> because that he was then, making his own case. Yeah, well, and then given that the gods were able to silence Konshu to let Mark or Steven speak, it's like well, then yeah. they couldn't even get any information from Konsu. So yeah, it was it was a very weird, sort of rushed, abrupt kind of thing. Like I get yeah. I get the vibe that Konshu is, you know, really kind of stretching and and reaching to try and sort of fix this, but. He, Give a brother a heads up. Like all, all they all they had to say was that Ethan Hawke's character had scarab, because that meant that's proof that he was looking for the tomb, right? Yeah, yeah, well, and, yeah. and that was the weird thing I found out once we got to that scene with Anton and stuff, where they're looking at the um, uh, the sarcophagus of of the other god to try and figure it out, and then Harrow shows up, and it's like why. Yeah, well, like, like what are you, why, why are you bothering? He... Why are you wasting time? At the start of the episode, they're like, okay, we found the, the exact spot we need to be at, start digging. And, like, Harrow is a very man of the people. You see him digging as well. He's getting in there, getting his hands dirty, helping. Why would he waste time following them, going to them to then try and stuff up? Because all, all um, Mark and Layla want is they want to know where they have to go, but they don't have the compass, and Harrow does. Yeah. So it's like, why mm. is he trying to stop them from getting there when he's already there? Why waste that time? That that that, that I didn't understand. Yeah, I, I just I found that a, a bit of a a weird touch, maybe to stall the next part of the story just long enough. Yeah, it makes me wonder. It's like maybe this story could have been like a three and a half, four hour movie, and they're like, oh that's too long for a movie. Let's make it a six hour TV show. And they're like, but we only have four hours worth of story. <laughs> Hence why they repeated the first episode. Yeah. We need, we need more two hours worth of, of stalling. <laughs> yeah. I hope not. Cause I, I do, I, I really enjoy the pacing of this show and, and, and how much, yeah. So they are filling in each episode um, to the point where, yeah, we're three hours in, if I'm trying to compare it to the movie, like it, it almost feels like we're at that end of the second act where Konshu gets locked up in stone, and it's like, oh, well, what's the what's the mm. good guy going to do? That's sort of where it does feel, but we're only halfway through the runtime, so yeah, I, I don't know, and I, I hope that he still can get the power, and it, like you said, it might make the fact that well, Konshu is around to give it to him redundant, um, or is he just there as like a guy? Does he? Does he have it within him and he feels like he needs Conchu to police it or whatever? But I don't want it to be that already. That always feels like a, a sequel type thing where you take, you know, something away from the hero. I always look at like the old school spot Sp- old school Spider-Man movies. I guess they were the first of three different series. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. Toby Maguire, you spent half, uh, an, I think an hour before we saw him in the Spider, the proper Spider-Man costume, and then he's Spider-Man, and then he's Spider-Man for a little bit of number two, and then he gives away the suit, and he's not Spider-Man for a while, and then number three, well, he goes dark, and it's like, just let, can he be Spider-Man for an entire film? Like, can I, can I please have that? And I get that it's a film, and you've got to get a character to go through a journey and struggles, and you know, question their, you know, their path or whatever. But it feels weird for me again, just because I am new to Moon Knight, to introduce me to the character. And I'm still slowly learning about him halfway through. And now I, I also, I kind of fear that we're going to not see him as Moon Knight for a little bit because of this country thing. We already got that at the start of episode three. Mark, in the daytime, and I don't, at this point, I know Conchu's a god of, what, the night or the moon or whatever, that it's not like he only exists at night. We see him in daytime all the time. So I'm mm. sure that Mark could be Moon Knight. He could wear the suit during the day. 
but it so it felt weird to see him chasing down those guys on the rooftop and doing it hand to hand just in a t-shirt and jeans. I'm like, I feel like you could get this done quicker if you were Moon Knight. Why, at least tell me why you're not, because yeah. now that you're Mark and now that you can summon the suit, yeah, that you know you can do what you did at the end of episode two, summon it, take care of business, take control of the body, get this shit sorted way quicker than you know Stephen was ever going to let you. But then you're back to doing it just as Oscar Isaac. And I'm like, I love, I love, I love, I love me some Oscar Isaac, but also put the suit on for Christ's sake even if it is entirely CG um, I want to see some more Moon Knight in, in Moon Knight if it makes sense and I feel like it does yeah I um, from the little bits and pieces I know about him I know he does get like more powerful on a full moon and stuff like that because you know he's attached to, to a moon god but yeah they need to tell us if he can't actually turn into Moon Knight during the day well, they need, they need to tell us that. Or was it just yeah. those little um, scum guys were just like, oh, Mark's like, I can handle them. I don't need a super suit to take out these, you know, guys with knives. Well, I read that that was neither Mark nor Stephen, that it was the third yeah. personality. Like both seem pretty oblivious. Is there a chance that that third personality can't wear their suit? Oh, so that whole scene wasn't Mark. I kind of got the vibe yeah. that it was... Mark, and then he blacks out in the middle of the scene, and and then he wakes up. Yeah, everything we saw was Mark, but oh, I thought that opening of him chasing them down, he was different guy, the third persona. Well, there's there's a section we there's a section we miss because like middle of the fight, he blacks out, and then wakes up in a cab, and he's already like so it's like. Well, but isn't was... that because he turns into Stephen and Stephen runs away? But no, but then Stephen's the one that says that wasn't me. Yeah, and then yeah. the next blackout, he's fighting these guys, but then it blacks out, he comes to, and he's got a knife in the guy with the long hair's chest. And Mark even says, Stephen, what have you done? And Stephen's like, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? And I'm like, of course Stephen wouldn't do it. Stephen <laughs> stops fighting people when he's Moon Knight and they're trying to kill him. Go, all right. Come on, let's settle the F down. Come on, we can talk about this. I'm like, mate, not the time to take control of the body because you're you don't you're anti bloodshed. So I, I I thought everything we saw was Mark and the blackouts were this third character. I don't know right. what well maybe maybe the first blackout was Steve, but when he was in the cab and then he saw the other blokes um uh, on the street and he got out and they were like, just leave us alone, man. And I'm like, why are you scared of him? Because you weren't scared of him when he was fighting to kill you upstairs. But now that he's walking away from you in a car trying to drive away from you, now you're fearful of him. And why? And then the next cut to, well, he's killed everyone except for the one, uh, you know, the younger bloke. So, yeah, I, I took that um, at least the second, um, but maybe the first two, yeah, that uh, yeah, uh, okay. was some third personality. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it'd be a nice thing to reveal because he never says he's Mark. He just talks like Mark, and uh, mm. and Stephen assumes that it's him. And and Stephen doesn't know there's a third personality at this stage. Mark might be aware, um, but he's kind of an unreliable, you know, narrator of his own story at this point. Yeah, there was that. Um, there was that line in the boat where you know she's like, "Why didn't you tell me about any of this?" And he was like, "Oh, um, I've had it under control until recently." Yeah. And so something has happened where he's kind of lost control. So, which makes me wonder how how long has Stephen quote unquote existed? Like how long yeah. has it feels like it's been a long time that he was like working at the museum and 
was aware that something was happening of a night time. So he was like chaining himself to the bed and putting the sand around his bed. But it's like, is that is that what Mark considers having an under control? Or was Mark at some point the sole sort of inhabitant of the body? Like he was in control 24-7. So mm. I, that's the kind of stuff I really, really want to see. I want to get into all that psychology stuff and, and you know, find out about all these alters. Yeah, I agree. That would be a great thing to find out that... Um that Mark wasn't like the, the the third personality is actually the uh, the original. And I, I've, whenever I hear of Moon Knight, when they were making this uh, show, when they first announced it, and I read about it, they're like, "Oh yeah, Mark Spector uh, is is Moon Knight." So I'm only assuming Mark is, but I mean, this is also the MCU. Like they change things to suit. What I mean, Stephen isn't Stephen Grant from the comics. He's almost the complete opposite of what he is in the comics because it serves the story. So the fact that we're viewers watching a six-hour movie at this point, well, why not change things up and, and even not only keep it as a surprise for new watchers like us, but old-school Moon Knight fans, you know, why not change things up enough? They've already done it with Steven. Why not make it that, oh, Mark actually isn't the OG. Uh, he's the second, but he thinks he is the OG. And that, obviously Steven does, but then we find out, no, Steven, you're kind of an add-on to Mark. But... You know, we're going to find out in episode five, right of the cusp of things. Oh, by the way, no, Mark, you know, you're not either. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited for the final, <laughs> for the final three. <laughs> like we're halfway through, but I'm like, I'm really keen because I'm sitting here recording this, waiting to drive home to watch episode four. So it's, it's good. It's good so far because like I said, it was, I think the first episode, um, as I said, in our first podcast, it was my favorite pilot of any of these shows. This is getting there to being my my favorite of the Disney Plus shows. Like overall, I, I've said love One Division for what how it ended and the way that the Scarlet Witch character and everything that that Wanda went through. And I guess we'll see what happens come you know Doctor Strange two time in a couple of weeks. But uh, as far as this goes, yeah, I'm like this this could end up being my um, favorite show if it keeps on this trajectory for me. I I love it so. Uh, yeah, it, it does seem up your alley, very like a Born Identity slash 007 kind of kind of vibe which is slash the phantom oh yes of course (laughs) the only other thing i want to stick a little pin in that may come in later on with the revelation of mark and steven and who all the other you know alters potentially may be is there's a line in episode two where Konshu said you were nothing more than a corpse when i found you Uh, yeah so i feel like that's gonna play which i think does tie into the comics as well but i feel like Maybe there was some near death death experience that could have created the 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 break in the in the psyche that created all these characters, and then on top of that, adding Consu into the mix. I don't know. It just stuck out at me when he said it. I was like, oh, okay. Let's let's see that scene. Let's see the scene where Consu and Mark first meet. That's that's what I want to see. I don't know if you will though. I don't think we will, but it's something I want to Dis- see. Disappointingly, yeah, that would be such a cool scene to to see, but. The fact that we're already halfway through, it just, I, I feel like they've got so much explaining to do and just no time to do it. Konshu, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> like, is Konshu going to be this show's version of uh, of Agatha Harkness where, like, we get that sort of reveal of, th- obviously, you know, she had to reveal herself as, hey, it's been Agatha all along, you know, and, and but she went through and told her a complete backstory in episode, what, seven of eight or eight of nine or whatever it was. I just, I've got to think that certainly by episode five, we get some kind of flashback or maybe it's a cold open of the, of the episode to show why. And I wonder, because we have had that taste that, hey, Mark's, an, he's a bad, like he's a mercenary, but he's killed kids. He's killed women. Yeah, okay, he might have been doing a job, but he's done bad things to do what he does. 
So we already don't like him a little bit compared to Steven because Steven seems like a bit of an innocent player in this so far. You know, Mark was taking over his body. Now we're following Mark. I'm like, okay, he's doing the good thing. But do we have to maybe see what led to that corpse line and Konshu meeting him and giving him the power to save his life? Do we go through and hate Mark a little bit more by seeing that backstory and seeing what we've been told is actually true only to then have to sort of come to like him again because he's changed through this and maybe changed because of Stephen and or changed because he realizes he's not just a pawn of of Conchu that he's actually got he's got the power of Conchu he can take him on sort of thing he's not just at his beck and call he can actually use it you know use it against him so um I hope so. I, I hope you guys. Yeah, I, I understand. I reckon you're under a thing that we might, we might not. It just might be a thing that hey, we're we're, we're starting with this character in the middle of a story, but God, I hope that we do. See yeah, it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear half of what you said after the suggestion that perhaps Konsu will get his own version of the Agatha All Along song, um, explaining <laughs> everything that he's done. That's or, that's now what I want. If he doesn't get his Agatha song, can he maybe all of a sudden? have a uh, an opening title sequence dance number like Peacemaker. Oh, I'd be down for that. Do we see Absolutely. a full CGI skeleton Absolutely. bird doing doing a really badly choreographed, or really badly danced, well choreographed opening number? Moon Knight, you know, something. I don't know. I don't know. I think yeah. we're onto something. I think we can make When you get lost between the moon and Cairo. I don't know. <laughs> um, I know we're not going to get it's it, so now song. I'm just I'm disappointed for the rest of the season now because I know we're not going to get it. <laughs> Damn it! No, we're onto something. We can hold out hope. We got well, we got two weeks. We got three episodes. Anything's possible. All right, anything's possible. We'll soon see episode four coming up. Episode three of the podcast next week, where we talk about episode four. God, numbers are a thing. That's not uh, confusing at all. Episode two. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm just going to keep saying things. Anyway, we'll be back uh, then to talk more. And, you know, we're going to have to find some time to talk about that bloody Thor trailer because that finally came. I didn't think we were going to get it until the until after Doctor Strange came out, to be totally Ooh. honest. So nothing surprised me more. We got very much a teaser trailer. We got some Guns and Roses, a little bit of a hint of what madness Taika Waititi has got in store for us. That comes out on July the 6th. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll find uh, a little time to talk about uh, that trailer. It's a teaser trailer. It goes for a minute and a half we can still break it down we can still gibber on we know that we can and uh otherwise we'll be back for more moon nights next week check out all of our other episodes anything else we've been talking about just search get into geek uh or follow us on the socials at get into geek i'm mitch underscore lewis on twitter you want to come and talk some moon night find me there maddie where you at uh at high pitch maddie <laughs> and emma anything you want to plug Nah, I just I really just love <laughs> high pitch Maddie as a as a handle. Yeah. Isn't Can't, it great? Anything That's... that I follow up with that just doesn't equate. Yeah, that was my that was my radio name. Give it to me by one Ashley Bradnam, and it stuck. Nice. Not realizing that he'd actually stolen it from um, Howard Stern. Apparently, Howard Stern has like a high pitch Eric or something like that. And I feel oh. like it was at the peak of his um, his love of that guy that he suddenly just decided I was high pitch Maddie. So don't want to hear about it, mate. You're the OG high pitch, and I'll do nothing <laughs> else. Get into geek.